welcome everyone to another episode of the Five Solas Podcast. Of course, I am your host, James Watkins. And if you remember last week's episode, we discussed what I titled a modern holocaust and we discussed the topic of abortion. Now, here's the thing is that I initially had planned to do an episode on sanctification this week, but instead I have opted to go with a part two to a modern holocaust speaking about abortion once again. It is that important of an issue and we're going to do something a little bit different this go around. I'll get a little bit more into that as we progress. So with us being a podcast that deals a little bit with current issues within the church and outside of the church, part of the problem is is that you can't really ever truly plan on uh, certain episodes because here's the thing current issues happen all the time so your plans can kind of go into the dump so the good thing is, is that i've got another topic for next week whenever i do sanctification but you know i am very excited to do this episode again today on the topic of abortion. It's cited in the sense that I am passionate about it, but I am so heartbroken that it is necessary to even have to speak on this issue. So, as I said, this is going to be a little bit twofold. I'm going to address something that happened within the news on the topic of abortion. We're going to cover that first. And then I got into a little bit of a Facebook debate. Uh, not necessarily a debate, but I was more so, I commented on it a couple of times, but I read the comments pretty thoroughly. So what I'm going to do, I got permission from the original poster of the uh, topic. Um, it's actually a guy that I went to high school with, a guy that I respect, a guy that served our country. I'm very, very thankful for him. But what we are going to do is I'm going to go through some of these comments. I'm going to read some of the comments and I'm going to address them. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to verbally attack anyone. But I want us to look at those comments from a biblical worldview and a biblical perspective and what God himself would think about these comments. So let's start with first things first. Let's discuss the article that I am mentioning. Here's the thing. I'm going to read the article a little bit. Most of you have probably heard about this. A lot of you uh, that I know personally have shared the article uh, where it discussed Senate Democrats on Monday blocked a Republican bill that would have threatened prison time for doctors who don't try saving the life of infants born alive during failed abortions. Okay, so we have got something that we have really got to talk about here. So Basically, last week, we talked about how it wasn't the size, uh, level of development, environment, degree of dependency that really gave human life value, that it was the image in which you're created. So if you remember, I kind of went through it a little fast, but this was what is commonly referred to as the sled test or the sled argument. It's basically a very effective apologetic that we can use against proponents of abortion. Here's the thing, though, and this is the very, very scary part, is that the left on this issue of abortion is really starting to get consistent. And what I mean by that is that, so we discussed last week on the episode, A Modern Holocaust, of how a person who is a woman who is, uh, let's say, 25 weeks pregnant, uh, this woman can be on her way to an abortion clinic. She can get to the abortion clinic, have the abortion performed, and it's called women's rights. However, if she is on the way to this abortion clinic, and let's just say she stops and gets gas, she stops at the gas station, it goes horribly wrong, somebody robs her, they shoot her in the stomach, okay? It results in her death as well as the death of the infant inside of her womb. So the person who actually results in the death of the mother as well as the baby, this person will be charged with double homicide. So now let's move over to this reality that... Generally, the conversation held is that whenever the baby's within the womb, it's called women's right. However, if that baby were to have been born outside of the womb 25 weeks, it is then openly called a baby. And if you were to stab that baby in the heart, 
it would be called first degree murder. The scary part here is that the left is starting to get very consistent where, okay, if we fail in assassinating this infant in the womb, well, let's just leave it to die. There's absolutely no reason to continue health care. After all, the person didn't want the baby, so we were attempting to kill the baby anyway, so we might as well just let it die. So the article actually goes on to say that the important presidential hopefuls for the election in 2020, that they shot down the bill to provide care to infants who were alive after an attempted abortion. So this is a scary part is that these are the people who are hoping to run the country. These are people that that liberals are just flocking to. They want them to give them all the free college, everything free in this world. And here's the thing. They don't even have an idea about the sanctity of life. They have no passion whatsoever for the lives of all people, even though they claim to be of the people and for the people. You know, that's the irony here. So I want to read this uh, quote that was given by President Donald Trump. And let me go ahead and just make this disclaimer really quick that just because I am quoting Donald Trump right here does not mean that I am a proponent of the man. It doesn't mean that I agree with absolutely every single thing that he does. It doesn't mean that I agree with every single one of his policies. It does not mean that I am endorsing him on the Five Solas podcast. That's not what I'm doing. I'm reading this right here. The Senate Democrats just voted against legislation to prevent the killing of newborn infant children. The Democrat position on abortion is now so extreme that they don't mind executing babies after birth. He, he goes on to say, this will be remembered as one of the most shocking votes in the history of Congress. If there is one thing we should all agree on, it's protecting the lives of innocent babies. Okay, now, as I said, my quoting of this quote by Donald Trump is in no way my endorsement of him. But let's be honest here, people, is he got it completely right here. A uh, broken clock can be right, right? So here's the thing, is that you have a man who who honestly doesn't have much of a moral compass himself, who can actually understand the sanctity of life here. The Democratic position on abortion is now so extreme that they don't mind executing babies after birth. And that's what I mean by the left is just getting incredibly consistent here is that, okay, it wasn't a baby in the womb. It's not a baby outside of the womb. Let's go ahead and let's finish uh, killing it. And then he goes on to say, and this is a part actually I, I disagree with, this will be remembered as one of the most shocking votes in the history of Congress. I don't think it's really going to be that shocking because of the way that the country's moving. The direction that we are moving is to a very socialist direction here. We are moving in a direction where it's a very selfish ideology that it's all about me, me, me. What can I get? What can I get? It doesn't really have any value for the sanctity of life. And that's going to be the scary part going forward is do we really see the issue of abortion in our country improving or are we going to see it more so on a downward slope? But here's the thing, Christians, and this is something that we have to understand is that no matter what we vote on in this country, we have a voice. We have a voice that is incredibly powerful. We have the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation, and we have a command to go and preach it. How about that? Because if there is one thing that we should absolutely positively know without any doubt whatsoever in our mind is that God's word is absolutely authoritative and his word never returns void. So I don't want to spend too much time on this bill. It's, it's, it's a little bit of old news now. As of this recording, it was released seven days ago. <laughs> so that's, that's a little bit. Uh, it's, it's in the rearview mirror right now, though it's still an issue that we really need to address. Um, I'm more than likely within the next few weeks going to have a special guest on someone that does a lot of preaching outside of abortion mills to really come on and give their insights on this entire topic. And I'm sure that we'll touch on that bill again at another date. As promised, I do want to move to this Facebook post that I was telling you about. Here's the thing is a couple of years ago, I really stopped engaging in Facebook debate. Uh, I realized that 
online, there's just really no way to monitor someone's tone. Things get taken the wrong way all the time and people are assigning false motives to you. I just don't want to get into it anymore. So usually what I do is I basically just kind of sit in the back and I watch. So there's a lot of conversations that I see, you know, it's kind of really is a little sickening sometimes, especially with professing Christians, is that we're, we're just lashing out with a sword so often. We're not doing anything that's actually edifying to the body of Christ. We're being destructive to the body of Christ in front of the world on social media. But on this particular one, uh, this Facebook post, I commented on it. I try to be as courteous as possible. Uh, you know, this is a very controversial topic. Of course, you're going to have people who have completely different views, which is okay. We can have different views, though the biblical one is the correct one. Uh, Thou shalt not murder. We know that. It says 2013. But again, this is from a old friend that I went to high school with. Uh, we, we were pretty close. I have a lot of respect for the guy. I'm not going to mention any names on this. As I promised him, I did get his permission to discuss the topic. So let's start. So the initial post that he posted that, that really kind of started the conversation was a screenshot from Twitter of Rose McGowan. She's an actor in Hollywood. Uh, she's been in shows such as uh, Charmed. I'm not really sure of anything else that she's been in. I'm not really too sure how huge of a name she actually is. Um, but she is a celebrity. So she made this uh, tweet. I'm going to read it really quick just to put context with this. This is what the original post was. Her tweet reads, I have had an abortion and I support this message. I am not ashamed, nor should you be. That 60% of those who choose to have abortions are already mothers says a lot. They understand more than anyone. I was on birth control and it failed. I realized I could not bring a child into my world and simultaneously change the world. I do not regret my decision, and it was not made lightly. If you do not want an abortion, don't get one. My body, my choice, my life. Have you had to make a choice? Let's talk and use hashtag honestabortion. So before I move into the uh, comments that were on this post, I want to address what Miss Rose McGowan said here. Okay, I have had an abortion. And I support this message. Okay, so I have murdered a child in my womb and I support this message. I am not ashamed. Well, you should not only be ashamed, but you should also be very fearful for the God that you will one day face in the day of judgment. That 60% of those who choose to have abortions are already mothers says a lot. Yeah, it says that they are fallen and that they are sinful. It proves nothing about the left's agenda. They understand more than anyone. What do they understand? They understand that murder's wrong? Obviously not. They don't understand that. I was on birth control and it failed. Okay, so let's talk about that. Obviously, there are a lot of arguments that the left makes that uh, justifies abortion, right? Uh, rape, incest, instances where mothers' lives are in danger. But here it seems that she is justifying it based upon failed medical practice or birth control in this instance. Let's go ahead and nip that in the butt. Is still a child made in the image of God and just because your birth control fails does not mean that murder is therefore okay. I realize that I could not bring a child into my world and simultaneously change the world. What does that even mean? Basically, what I'm getting from that is I couldn't live my life the way that I wanted to live it with a child in it. Okay, so you murdered your child because you didn't want your lifestyle to change. That is the epitome of selfishness. I do not regret my decision. We know you don't because if you did, you would be repentant of that decision. And it was not made lightly. You still made the decision to murder your child. She goes on to say, if you do not want an abortion, don't get one. You see, I mean, this is just the sanctity of life right here. <laughs> I mean, it's if you don't want to kill your baby, don't kill your baby. This is not in the same category of, well, if you don't want a piece of cake, don't get a piece of cake. No, this is speaking about murdering a child in the womb. You can't take that lightly. And just in another sentence, she says it was not made lightly. 
okay, where you're making it seem like a very light decision right now. She goes on to say, my body, my choice, my life. Okay, let's nip this one in the butt. My body. Was it your body that was completely dismembered? Were your hands, legs, feet, head, were they the ones that was pulled off or was it the baby within your womb? Spoiler alert, it was the baby within your womb. My choice. Yeah, it was your choice to murder your baby, but unfortunately, the baby within your womb didn't have any choice in the matter. My life. Yeah, it wasn't your life that was taken. It was the baby within the womb whom you had assassinated. And then she goes on, and it appears that she's trying to get uh, support here. Have you had to make a choice? Let's talk and use hashtag honest abortion. Again, just a few sentences ago, she said that this wasn't something that she took lightly, and now she's comparing this to a, to a choice here. Okay, this is not a choice about do you want A or do you want B. This is a choice between life or death. Murder is murder. It doesn't matter how you word it here. It doesn't matter if you want to classify it as a choice or not. I can't believe that we have to have conversation about is murder okay? Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of these comments. And keep in mind, I'm kind of reading these uh, as I'm going right here, so be a little patient with me. Let's get through it. We're going to stomp on some of these uh, comments, and we're going to address some of the points that they made. So the first one uh, on this right here. So he just posted a screenshot of this right here, and this is where the comments started flooding in. So to give a little bit more context to the uh, comments, actually. So uh, his comment on the original post was, if you support this, we are not on the same side. And he is completely right. If you support abortion, we are not on the same side. Uh, we are on the side of life. You are on the side of murder. So the very first comment that was posted on here was, I guess she's never heard of adoption. Okay, so let's move on to the second one. And this is where really the, the, the pro-murder side really starts to creep in. Wow, small-minded. You have never been in a woman's shoes. To go full term and put a baby up for adoption versus abortion is not the same thing. Both decisions are hard, so incredibly hard, but neither of you would understand that since you don't have the parts to do either of those things. So let's address this comment first of all. Small-minded, okay? So it's small-minded for you to believe in the value of life. It's small-minded for you to believe that abortion is murder. You have never been in a woman's shoes. Of course not. My feet are a size 12. A woman's shoes are typically a lot smaller, and my feet won't fit into them. To go full-term and put... Uh, a baby up for adoption versus abortion is not the same thing. I completely agree. Putting the baby up for adoption is, is giving the baby a chance to live their life. It's putting life above murder. So no, abortion and adoption are not the same thing. I completely agree with you. Both decisions are hard. So incredibly hard. Okay, so you admit that it's hard for you to come to grips with the choice to murder your baby, but you still advocate for it. I don't get it. It's so inconsistent. But neither of you would understand that since you don't have the parts to do either of those things. Okay, here's the thing. This is a very black and white issue. It's either murder or it's not murder. Spoiler alert. Again, it is murder. You don't have to be in a woman's shoes to call murder murder. And here's the thing. She uh, she goes on to say that neither of you would understand that since you don't have the parts to do so. Okay, so basically what you're saying is because we are not women, we don't have a voice in this matter. Here's the thing. You do not have to have women reproductive organs in order to know that murder is murder. That is something that is revealed to us within the scriptures in Exodus 2013 when God says you shall not murder. We know that God weaves together every single aspect of life. He is the cause of all life on earth. We know that we are all created in the image of God. And because of that, we all have value. We all deserve respect and dignity. And the choice of to murder someone is not ours to make. And I, this is uh, where one of my comments come in where I told her that was really black and white. Everything that I pretty much just said here, it's really black and white. You don't have to be in a woman's shoes to call murder murder. Uh, that's a genetic fallacy and it's a terrible argument. It really is. Um, so going on a little bit further, 
Uh, there's a lot of people on here that agree with him, even commenting on here. I realized that I cannot bring a child into my world and simultaneously change the world. Uh, the comment on that was abortion aside. This statement is the most selfish statement ever. People get it. We understand that this is selfish and she is completely right. The person who commented on this. Okay, and here's another comment. Uh, this one right here is a little bit lengthy. It says, you're right. We aren't on the same side. I look at how the lives of everyone are affected. If two people are unwilling to raise a child, then let them choose. There are enough people on this planet already as it is. Losing one or even a million doesn't change a thing. We as species will continue. Do I agree in aborting after the first trimester? No. At that point in time, you should have made a... You should have had your mind made up and instead should focus on making sure the child will be taken care of appropriately. Do I think this post will change anyone's mind? No. Abortion is a debate of morals and ethics, but we can try and see why people think the way that they do. Okay, so let, let's break this one down a little bit. Okay, so you're right. We aren't on the same side. Okay, so I look at how the lives of everyone are affected. Okay, so the way that everyone's life is affected here is you either believe in the sanctity of life or you don't. Uh, the only life that is really and truly affected here is the babies, the one that is murdered within the womb. Now, I'm not going to deny the uh, the fact that there is emotional trauma on the mother's side here. And I think that the reason why there is emotional trauma on this side is because it is a feeling of guilt because there's a realization of the law of God that is written on everyone's heart that that child is made in the image of God and they know that they have murdered their child. He goes on to say, um, if two people are unwilling to raise a child, then let them choose. Okay, so if they don't want to raise a child, let them choose to murder the child. There are enough people on this planet already as it is. Okay, so we need to address that because here's the thing. Overpopulation does not diminish the value of human life. The amount of people on this earth does not declare that lives coming into this world do not matter. That is so inconsistent because here's the thing. At what level do you stop here? Because if you really want to be consistent, the elderly, the sick, the ones who have terminal illnesses at uh, hospitals are fighting to keep alive. Why not kill them? That's the, that's the direction that you can logically go with this. And of course, we don't kill them because we realize that their lives have value despite being elderly and despite having a disease. He goes on to say losing one or a million really doesn't change a thing. I wonder if he feels the same way about the uh, Holocaust um, when the millions and millions of Jews and non-Jews were murdered during that five-year period. I'm willing to bet that he greatly condemns the actions of Hitler during that time. Uh, we as a species will continue. Okay, not if you keep murdering them. Do I agree in aborting after the first trimester? No. Okay, so you assign life here after the first trimester. Okay, so... Here's the thing is that God says that life begins at conception. So that's that. So it really doesn't matter what you have to say about the first trimester. As I said last week, I firmly hold to sola scriptura, which means that the scriptures give me absolutely everything that I need for proper living and salvation. The scriptures are my authority and the scriptures boldly declare that conception is when life begins. So why are you going to assign value after the first trimester? Because you believe that's when it, life begins or you believe that's whenever life begins to have value? Come on. That goes back to the uh, size and uh, level of development argument. Okay, It's not the size or the level of development that gives a baby its value, but the image in which it's created. So going back to that, he says, do I agree in aborting after the first trimester? No, at that point in time, you should have made your mind up. Before, before that first trimester, you should have made up your mind whether or not you want to murder that baby or not. So that's basically what that right there says. And instead, should focus on making sure the child will be taken care of appropriately. Okay, so why should you care whether or not that child's taken care of appropriately now compared to whenever the pregnancy tests come back positive? Okay, 
Do I think this post will change anyone's mind? No, probably not, because it is only the regenerating work of God, the Holy Spirit, that will open up eyes and bring repentance in this area. Abortion is a debate of morals and ethics. Okay, so are you going based off of, are you defining morals and ethics based off of your standard? Because I'm going based off of God's standard, which is revealed to us in his words. A little bit further down, he's responding to a comment where he's basically saying that uh, it isn't your choice's an opinion. Okay. So he's basically saying that, uh, that, that, that this is an opinion. I'll, I would beg to differ. I would say that this is very absolute that God says to not murder and that a baby within the womb is a human being created in the image of God. That's not an opinion that's revealed within the word of God. And because it's revealed within the word of God, because it's within God breeds scripture, it is authoritative and it is boldly declaring once again, boldly declaring as God always does that life is completely valuable and that it is murder. He says in another comment, and I'm not reading the entire comment uh, because it's a very lengthy one. He said, as I said in my previous comment, I'm interested in what's best for all involved. Unless you're speaking of the baby prior to the first trimester, then you don't care about what's best for that child. You actually are okay with that baby being able to have its be completely ripped apart. To neglect the rights of parents is just as wrong to neglect the rights of the child. Okay, so I'm so confused here. Why, if someone wants to murder someone, why are we neglecting their right to murder someone? I mean, don't they have a right to want to do something? No, because we know that there are laws in place that prohibit that, and we know that to actually murder someone is wrong. It's the same with a baby here. It's just, this is just so inconsistent. He says these issues are a problem in morals, and we have to try and see both sides of the coin in order to make the best judgment. You're right. There's either a right side and a wrong side. And to be on the side that says that it's okay to murder a baby within the womb, eh, that that's the wrong side of the coin. And then someone comments on here. They post a screenshot. They say in the comment, do you enjoy seeing headlines like this? Man sentenced for raping three-month-old child and filming it. Okay, what does that have to do with, with the issue of abortion? You have a man who is committing another grotesque sin. What does this even have to do with the subject of abortion or justifying the murder of a child? Are you trying to say that if someone would have murdered that child within the womb, then that person would have never raped the child? Okay, that is a terrible argument, and you are introducing a red herring. Basically, you're introducing a topic that's not related to the subject at all. And here is the comment that one of these people made, and it, it makes me so sick. She says... Not everyone is capable of loving a child. Take away a woman's choice and you will see more headlines like this. She's speaking of the one of of, of the person raping a three-month-old child. Here's the thing. Not everyone is capable of loving a child. Okay, so because you are incapable of loving a child, that then gives you the right to murder the child. That doesn't happen. Okay, so what if, and let's take this the log- logical direction that it could go, okay? And I like doing this a lot. I like playing devil's advocate. I don't think that we can ignore logical conclusions that we can come to. I think this is a way to challenge people. So I ask questions. Okay, so let's just say a person has a child, okay? They didn't have an abortion. They didn't put the baby up for adoption. The baby is now four years old, but all of a sudden the mother decides, hey, I'm incapable of loving this child any further. So I think I'm just going to murder it. We don't do that. And we know that that's wrong. She then goes on to uh, post another one uh, saying that man charged with sodomy of a three-month-old baby girl. This is, again, a red herring. This is taken away from the subject at hand. The subject here isn't grotesque sin of another against children. The, sin, the, the topic at hand right here is abortion. And is it murder to have an abortion? And the answer to that is yes in all instances. So the conversation is going on just a little bit further. And she says, the same person who was posting these pictures committing the red herrings, who's obviously for abortion, my goal is to open a girl's home to 
nurture girls from low-income families. Okay, in your worldview, they should just be murdered because the babies wouldn't be able to be provided for or have the life that they should have. With that being said, I'm not trying to take away a woman's choices. So, okay, you're not trying to take away their right to murder. And then she goes on to say, so have you adopted or do you foster? Okay, let's let's be let's be pretty clear here. Is that I do believe that we do have uh, roles, and, and not everyone is called to do this, but fostering, adopting, opening up your home. I've said on multiple occasions, and actually one of the comments that I put on here is that if you are thinking of shredding your baby to pieces, if you are thinking about ripping the baby's arms, legs, head completely off, please let me know. I promise you, I will adopt your baby. I will uh, foster your baby. Whatever I have to do, so your argument falls short on me because I am completely willing to do all of those things. That argument being brought up is very, very weak. Because people are not adopting or fostering, that does not mean that murder is therefore right. As I said last week on the uh, on, on, on the episode on abortion, is that my wife and I, we've been trying to conceive now for six years, so I get very, very angry whenever I see people so willing to just completely destroy a gift that God has provided, because that's the reality, is that every single child, without exception, is a gift from God. And I mean that with complete sincerity. You know, here's the thing is doing this podcast right here, even though we are very reformed theology centered, I do hope that unbelievers listen to this. I hope atheists listen to it. I hope liberals listen to it. I hope Republicans that are for uh, the murder of children within the womb. I hope they listen to this podcast because I am being so sincere whenever I say this. If you happen to listen to this podcast and we're speaking about abortion and you're thinking about aborting your baby, please get in contact with me because I will sincerely adopt your baby instead of you murdering that baby. You can reach me at the 5S podcast at iCloud.com. I will give you my phone number. We can have a conversation and I will adopt your baby. I sincerely mean that. So the argument that she pretty much goes on giving is the my body, my choice. And um, so we can't regulate a woman's choice. Oddly enough, it isn't your body. As I said earlier, it's not the woman's body that's being ripped to shreds. And the one being ripped to shreds has absolutely no choice in the matter. Okay, so I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. As I said at the start of the episode is that um, instead of commenting on a lot of these Facebook posts, I usually just sit back and I watch. So this guy that uh, made this made this uh, post, um, he's posted things before, and I've I've read the comments, and she, the same person, has commented on there. Seems to be very Black Lives Matter, uh, a proponent for the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, let me, and this is a question that um that I think I'm going to pose to her on here is okay. So if you're saying that Black Lives Matter, are you only saying that the Black Lives Matter outside of the womb? Or, or are you following with Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, whose goal it was to exterminate black lives? Okay, so basically what you're saying right here is that you are more in line with that ideology, that you're okay with black lives being exterminated. And in a recent article that I read, it actually said that more black babies were aborted in the state of New York, I believe. Don't don't quote me there. Uh, uh, more black babies were aborted in the state of New York last year than were born. But you want to sit there and and claim to value black lives. That is so inconsistent. It's so hypocritical. And whenever you were being this inconsistent here, I just can't take anything that you say seriously. I'm sorry, not sorry. So here's the thing is in this uh, same exact post, you know, I I posted a comment on there and at the very end of it, I use one of Ray Comfort's lines here. Uh, He uses this in uh, his 180 video. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. So basically it goes a little something like this. Finish this sentence. It is okay to murder a baby in in the womb when the answer to that is never because that child is created in the image of God and that baby's life has value. I'm waiting on here is that at the at the time of this uh, podcast recording, um, I just posted it uh, is is probably what you're going to see is it's going to come up with rape, incest, um, 
abortion whenever the mother's life is in danger. You're going to get an argument that falls within SLED, size, level of development, environment, degree of dependency. Those you're, It's going to fall into one of those categories almost, almost every single time. And as I'm going through all of this, as I'm processing all of this, I'm reminded so much of uh, in Isaiah 5, chapter 5, verse 20, where it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And that is exactly what is happening for propon- with proponents of this movement. They are calling something that is obviously wicked, obviously something that is murder, something that is not good. You're calling it good. You're calling evil good. And God says, woe to you. You know, we've already covered this pretty extensively now about why abortion is wrong. Abortion is murder. Life begins at conception. Every life is given from God. Every life, every person, without exception, no matter how they were conceived, where they were conceived, no matter their size, level of development, environment, degree of dependency, every single child, without exception, is created in the image of God. And because of that, that child deserves respect, dignity, and protection, and deserves to be able to have life. They do not deserve to have their life completely taken for them in the name of women's rights. That is completely evil. And God says, woe to you. And this is the thing is I think so many people are putting their hope in the political realm here. Democrats, Republicans, they can give us absolutely everything that we need, right? Democrat and Republican stances can't fix this issue. All political agendas will always be tainted by sin. It is absolutely ludicrous that we have to have conversation about if murder is wrong. And this is the thing, is we see so much on the news about, is there life in other planets? Is there aliens? Well, you know, here's the thing, is I know if they found a one-celled organism on Mars, they would call it life. If you put life inside of the womb, they say that it's not life, but you can kill whatever is in the womb. You can destroy what is in the womb, all in the name of women's health care. That little one-celled organism on Mars would be completely protected, but if you put something within the womb, it is no longer life, even though it's comprised of human DNA. And you know what? I am never on the Five Souls podcast. I am never once going to shy away from calling abortion what it is. I'm never once going to shy away from calling it murder because that's what I believe it is exactly. Um, but another thing that I'm also not going to shy away from is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as Christians, as believers, that is ultimately where we have to go. We have to go to the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're commanded to. For those that have abortions, those who are considering abortions, the daughters who perform abortions, the fathers who allow the, the mother of their children children to have abortion. This is a grotesque, grotesque sin. There's absolutely no doubt about that. There is no arguing that fact. But here's the thing. There is forgiveness. And we have to preach this forgiveness. But not only do we have to preach this forgiveness, but we also have to preach God's divine wrath against sin. And not just the sin of abortion. This is this is going back to Exodus 2013 where God says that, that you shall not murder. But here's the thing. God also says that we shouldn't lie. We also We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't commit adultery. We shouldn't blaspheme. We shouldn't murder, of course. That's only five of the Ten Commandments, and we break every single one of them. We all stand guilty before a holy and righteous God. But there is good news. We can be forgiven. There is forgiveness. Acts 4.12 says that there is salvation, and that is the mercy of God, is that there is a way that has been provided that we can stand before God, and all of our sins, past, present, and future, can be completely forgiven. And that is through the sacrifice of our Lord and King Jesus Christ, who suffered and died upon a Roman cross on our behalf. And whenever we repent, whenever we turn from our sins, whenever we confess our sins, whenever we genuinely seek forgiveness for those sins because 
because we realize that we have violated the law of a holy God. Whenever we repent and we place our faith in Jesus Christ alone, not in our works so that no man can boast, but completely and fully in the work and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven that, that that all of those blemishes, all of the sins that we have committed, whenever God looks at us, whenever we have repented and placed our faith in Jesus Christ, he no longer sees us as wicked and vile sinners, but he sees us as he sees his son, Jesus Christ, who took the sins of his people upon that cross. And we know that Christ triumphantly defeated all of these sins because he rose from the dead on the third day. This is the good news, Christians, that we are to go and to proclaim, that you need to repent and place your faith in Jesus Christ and you can have eternal life. You do not have to be eternally damned. That's the result of your sin is eternal damnation, eternal separation from the Father and you will be under his divine wrath for all of eternity. Or you can be the recipient of unending, never ending, eternal mercy and grace fully in his presence forever by faith in his one and only begotten son through faith alone. Christians, if there's if there's one thing that I would challenge you on, it is for you to challenge others who have the mentality of the ones uh, like the ones uh, on the comments that I read. It's okay for you to challenge them. You can do it in a way that is gentle and respectful. You can do so in a way that is glorifying to God, and you can do that through the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing: faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ, the gospel. And we also know that God's word does not return void. There is power in the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Christians, please preach it. Preach it to those who are perishing. Preach it to yourself. It's okay to preach the gospel to yourself. It reminds you of exactly who you are in Christ. It humbles you, but it also is a reminder to you of the grace and mercy that you have received all because of Jesus Christ on the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wrap up the Five Solas podcast uh, this week. Um, Next week, I do plan on doing the episode on sanctification. That is us becoming uh, more conformed to the image of Christ. I'm very excited about that because I don't know about you, but my sanctification process seems to be kind of slow. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, very much looking forward to it. I enjoy doing this episode. A lot of the um, a lot of the things that we did in it was just by the whim. I didn't have any kind of notes or anything. We just kind of went with it. I enjoyed it. So coming up, we're going to do the episode on sanctification. That's going to end us here in March. Uh, and in April, if you remember in April, what we are going to do is I'm going to do five podcasts in the month of April. And we are going to discuss TULIP, Total Depravity, Unconditional Election, Limited Atonement, Irresistible Grace, and Perseverance of the Saints. I am so excited about that. And if you guys would, uh, right now my wife and I, we are in the process of moving. Uh, This has been a very stressful time for us. So if you would, please remember us in prayer for that. If there is any way that I can pray for you, please feel free to message me on Facebook through the Five Solas Podcast Facebook page. My personal Facebook page, you can email me the the Five Solas Podcast at iCloud.com. I'm sorry, I'm still getting used to all these ways that you can contact me. Um, Keep an eye on the Facebook page because we are going to be offering some giveaways uh, from Grace Alone Witness Apparel uh, coming up soon, so keep your eyes out for that. So we are going to wind down this week. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you for listening, and as always, may everything that you do be done to the glory of God.